Thanks for joining us for this inaugural episode of Lead.exe. I'm Brian Comerford. And I'm Nicholas Zano. We're here to have a discussion uh, really about leadership and all the things that entails. Our interest in doing this stems from our own backgrounds as leaders in various capacities. And we have a wide network of other cohorts who we'll be bringing on board for future episodes to participate in the conversation as we go through a series of topics related to leadership, facets of what leadership entails, and tips that we feel are beneficial along the way uh, that can really help seed an understanding of how to lead effectively. So a little bit about myself. Uh, I spent most of the 1990s as an entrepreneur, starting up businesses ranging from nutritional companies to dot-com businesses, and had the excitement of riding the entire dot-com crest of the wave uh, until boom dot bust around 1999-2000, and found myself at that time going back into graduate school really to get credentialed for all the work that I had done in interactive media and design in the preceding decade. That took me into a path of working through a variety of leadership types of roles, uh, whether I was working with groups of volunteers in the early startup days to uh, large uh, communities of designers, technologists, marketing types, uh, business stakeholders, uh, and then into more of uh, a large enterprise corporate environment where I've spent most of the last uh, 14 years of my career. It's a pretty nice bio you got there, Brian. Mine's, mine's not uh, quite as extensive for me. Uh, working <laughs> working in, in IT initially was not my first career path. My first career path was actually, actually in the uh, culinary hospitality industry um, where I worked for a little over eight or nine years. I held various uh, leadership roles, um, whether it's in uh, hotels or restaurant kitchens. Um, and then, you know, I kind of decided, you know, I hated every night and working every night and every weekend along the way and kind of went back to uh, college for computers. Um, all through uh, high school and while I was working the culinary industry, I was kind of always doing freelance IT work for different people, different firms, you know, fixing computers, doing all the kinds of audits and ed things that I'm sure you were doing as well, Brian, huh? back in your DJ days. You know, we always kind of <laughs> fall into this industry, I feel like, by accident. We kind of stumble into it. Um, and for the about last eight years or so, um, I've been uh, running IT for a trade association here in D.C. And uh, as well as the past three or four years, I've been running my own um, consulting company, basically specializing in um, smaller firms or around the uh, 250 or less to so the SMB area, um, helping them, you know, come up with an IT strategy, uh, moving to more enterprise solutions, kind of pulling, you know, the reins in from shadow IT and bringing everything under kind of one umbrella. So I have, uh, you know, like as my uh, co-host here, Brian, a, a very 
wide array of experience, <laughs> um, both in the IT space and not in the IT space. Well, and that that is part of what I think enriches the perspective of effective leaders when you have multiple domains that you really have oversight either as a manager or a leader or really, you know, from the starting point of being someone who's working on the front lines, uh, rolling up your sleeves, getting your hands dirty and understanding uh, the work fundamentally that needs to be done in any of the roles that most folks eventuate into some type of leadership structure to oversee. So to that effect, I think we have had a lot of experiences between the two of us where we've been able to pencil in uh, a series of topics that uh, really should probably get us through the first couple quarters of what we're intending to do with lead.exe. Really, if we're uh, targeting release cycles of uh, two episodes a month, we should have uh, a nice cadre of subject matter as well as guests. Uh, to really help us talk through uh, a number of different topics, starting with uh, really uh, areas that are important to anyone who's operating in the leadership space, whether it's leadership styles, how a new leader can effectively become onboarded, uh, undertaking a leadership role for the first time, setting strategy, uh, getting up to speed with emotional intelligence, what are some of the other things, Nick, that are top of mind for you that we've been planning here? You know, for me, I guess the the good one, too, uh, that you just brought up is I'm a new leader. How do I start? You know, what do I do from here? Um, I went from working the front lines, pulled off of being a frontline guy, and now I'm managing team members that used to be my buddies. How do we deal with that, that dynamic as new leaders and to help us grow and evolve? And the reason I find doing this podcast very interesting is, you know, as us as IT professionals, um, you know, to kind of survive in this space, we've always kind of had to learn. We've had to learn new technologies, uh, different relational databases, NoSQL databases. Um, You know, the the frequency at which technology changes is very fast-paced. And we're finding that, you know, as well as you're learning these hard skills, you should be spending just about as much time learning all these soft skills as well. One of the other topics I find interesting that we have slated to go over is emotional intelligence. I don't know what your thoughts are are on that, Brian, um, but that one looks very interesting to me. Well, emotional intelligence can't be understated. It's one of those qualities of leadership that uh, when I think about one of my early influencers, going into technology leadership. And of course, I come from more of the design background uh, from uh, a technologist perspective. So when I stepped into an IT leadership role for the first time, of course, I was trying to figure out who are the key influencers who have already written about some of the management challenges, who can I skill up, you know, reading about. And someone who came to the surface pretty early on for me was a writer named Bob Lewis. He wrote a uh, a blog and uh, before that a newsletter for years called Keep the Joint Running. And it, really it was all about how do you tackle this myriad of challenges and increasing complexity in a world where every industry is on some type of trajectory moving more and more into a technology and data company, even if that's not their core service delivery as a business. So I remember distinctly one of the quotes 
that he wrote in the introduction of, of one of his books that had stuck with me in part because I, I had to kind of pick it apart and try to understand what it meant was if people are following your leading, otherwise you aren't. <laughs> and so when I read that, I thought, well, what the heck does that mean? And it gets back to your question on emotional intelligence, Nick, because in part, when you're an influencer, uh, that is one of those core leadership qualities that I find to be uh, so critical as I have emerged as a leader uh, really within my, my own style um, versus management, which is more ensuring that things are being done in an effective way uh, or with an underlying process uh, that can be overseen by someone uh, leadership is a, a is a very different quality. Having that emotional connection, uh, really starting with your core team, and also understanding various communication styles. How does one person interpret information that might be different from somebody else? All of those things are very nuanced, uh, but there is an actual system behind uh, understanding you know what emotional inte- intelligence can provide. So, uh, like you, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. I think it's a it's a key trait of a leader in any domain. Yeah, no, and I, I to- totally agree with you. You know, emotional intelligence, being aware that every individual you're dealing with on your team doesn't take everything exactly. Um, they don't they don't respond to the same leadership style. You almost need to adapt your leadership style with each individual team member you're acting with. Um, I don't know how you feel about that, Brian, but that's kind of how I feel. You know, not everybody responds to everything exactly the same. You know, and it's it's you know the military is a perfect example of that. <laughs> you look in there, and everyone. If you, if I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to kind of visit a, a command unit or a military base, but it's very interesting to see that you would think you know it's such a structured, rigid you know, environment, you would think that here you picture drill instructor, guy yelling, everybody kind of gets stuff done when when that's not really the way it gets done. You you see kind of, you know, people who are leaders and everyone has different style. Um, you know, one guy might be more charismatic, um, have a little more tact. The other guy might be more tactful, um, a little bit more quiet, more reserved, and they all have kind of different ways of getting things done. So to me, emotional intelligence seems like a, a, a very interesting topic. I couldn't agree more. And I think setting direction is one of those key facets uh, that surfaces regardless of uh, what type of leadership style you might have. If you're not able to effectively set direction, how can you have followers? And uh, similarly, how can you actually delegate responsibilities to those that you're intended to be leading? So all of these things, you know, they really intersect uh, with one another uh, at some point. I I know we've talked about, you know, a variety of approaches, including uh, design thinking from uh, really how do you ideate around what uh, a leadership strategy should look like. all the way through what should an effective department design for uh, whatever kind of division you're leading uh, look like. And then there's sort of the flip side of that, which is metrics, right? How do you start to measure these things in, in a very concrete, effective way? These elements can be elusive to folks who are in leadership roles, even if they're, they're seasoned and have been there for a while. But it's part of where the rubber meets the road, particularly as you get into larger and larger organizational structures. 
um, being able to be quick to have creative ideas for how to solve problems uh, all the way through how do you prove uh, from a measurement perspective that your leadership is in fact effective for whatever kind of domain you're overseeing. So that and a lot of uh, quality topics will uh, intersect in our future conversations as well as with special guests who will bring on board who are either subject matter experts in any particular given topic that we'll be tackling, uh, but they may also be uh, like us, just sort of passionate generalists, really <laughs> trying to explore uh, all of these areas uh, that uh, that we feel are so critical to, to be able to talk about and understand from a leadership perspective. No, and I completely agree with you 100%, Brian. When you're speaking there, just kind of send me into this quote that I heard um, one time in that book that, you know, I sent you Extreme Ownership by uh, Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. Uh, it's a great book. I suggest if, you know, uh, any of the audience members haven't read that to go ahead and uh, pick that up immediately. Um, it's it's well worth the read. But uh, one of the things they bring up in there is that there are no bad teams, only bad leaders. <laughs> <laughs> and they basically go through these whole situations here as, you know, um, you know, basically those two guys that used to be Navy SEALs and they kind of ran the training at BUDS, which is, you know, their basic school. It's the, it's the starting path of, uh, kind of becoming a Navy SEAL, you know, and, um, where is it going with that? Oh yeah. So they, uh, wind up having these two boat crews, right, Brian? And, uh, you know, they're running out into the water. We've all seen the movies, you know, they're running out to the water, kind of like paddling those boats up against you know, the ocean against the breaks and they got to paddle out and paddle back. So basically they wind up talking about this story, how they take one leader who's a naval officer, um, put him in a boat with a team and another group of, uh, you know, SEAL candidates, put them in a, with an officer and put them in a boat and they both race out to go, go see who they go. The boat, one of the boats goes along fine. The leader pulls up, pulls his weight, tells everybody what's to do, kind of gets the ball rolling. Everyone goes, paddles, goes across the brakes. No problem. The other guy, the other team tries to go up the brake, um, you know, break the waves, paddle out. They're yelling at each other. They're screaming at each other. The leader doesn't have a handle on the situation and they're just all in disarray. So when they pull them back, they swap the two leaders out. And what do you think happens, Brian? I think that pretty clearly you've got an effective leader who undertakes the team that wasn't performing so effectively and has a transformative impact with that group. Exactly. Swatch boat, swap boats, different teams, exact same results. Mm -hmm. So that tells you right there that, you know, um, you, you, you know, having a good tool belt or tool set as a leader is very important, just as well as it is as having, you know, great team members that work for you. You know, if, if you have a pretty good tool set, you can kind of work your way through any situation that you find yourself in. Well, and that gets us to the importance of establishing and maintaining culture. Ultimately, it's culture is something that's broader than just the development and maintenance of a good team. Uh, it's that underlying set of shared qualities that really help start pushing leadership sensibilities down into lower levels of the organization. Uh, and when I say push, I, I don't mean that that's an intentional or forcible um, 
displacement of that kind of cultural quality. It's the kind of thing that uh, is more pulled to them from uh, folks in lower echelons of the structure uh, because a good culture is the type of thing that folks embrace. It's collaborative and it's really uh, under the guidance and direction set by quality leaders uh, that that type of culture will flourish. You see cultures that haven't fully gelled or areas where you know you go back to the the old quadrant uh, forming storming norming performing <laughs> some teams can't get out of that storming phase uh, particularly if they don't have leadership qualities that are imbuing the type of culture that is around working agreements that uh, create a shared value for a culture so again that's uh, another area that uh, has a lot of intersection points into some of what we've talked about already is topics that we'll be going into in greater detail uh, be it leadership styles eq uh, I, I love what you brought up already with uh, military leadership nick that's a, a whole domain in and of itself that will be interesting to explore and i'll tell you what i'm fired up i can't be more <laughs> excited about this partnership with you and exploring uh, a lot of these topics in more depth with other folks who are equally as fired up and passionate about the subject of leadership. You know, to totally agree with you, Brian. You know, um, the reason I bring up the military a lot is I, I have an extreme passion for reading military history. Um, not that I was in the military myself, but, you know, I just, um, you know, reading about how people lead in extreme situations when the stakes are high kind of has a lot to say. And, you know, I, I just find it very interesting. And, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, exploring some more of these topics with you and, and learning a lot from our guests as we go. I love it. It's exciting to be embarking on this. And thank you to those who have tuned in to learn a little bit more about our intents behind lead.exe. We hope to be uh, enjoying your company on future episodes. More to follow. Uh, again, release cycle intended to be every two weeks. Uh, whether or not we've got special guests in the mix, we're going to continue down our list of topics relative to leadership and all the facets that that entails. Nick, it's been a pleasure getting this kicked off with you and looking forward to a lot more episodes to come. Perfect. It's been a pleasure, Brian. Um, so where, where can people find you um, on, on the interwebs? <laughs> Probably the easiest place to track me down is through LinkedIn. It's something that is really uh, sort of my uh, the the apex of all of my uh, inbound professional communication. It's also a place where I choose to publish professional articles uh, that aren't in other um, circulated publications. So LinkedIn, Brian Comerford is the name. It's a great place to track me down. Don't be confused by all the other Brian Comerfords. I never would have known that there were so many people who share my name uh, until something <laughs> like LinkedIn came along. <laughs> You're not unique. You're not a special little snowflake. <laughs> Darn it, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you can find me on those LinkedIn as well. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't been as great as Brian with LinkedIn. Also having a passion for the security field, I've been hesitant to... Uh, you know, put all my information on LinkedIn and kind of, you know, release the reins to it. But uh, may maybe with doing this with Brian, it's it's just kind of time. Um, you can also find me on Twitter. It's uh, N-I-C-K-L 
L-O-Z-A-N-O. So it's Nick L. Lozano. Um, and you can find me there. Awesome. Thanks, Nick. Until next Perfect. time.